Friendship isn't the big things, it's a million little things. Welcome friends, to the A Million Little TV Shows podcast. I'm your host, Mike, and I'll be delving into TV shows that I feel don't seem to get enough love. Over the course of the pod, we'll break down episodes and talk about my thoughts and feelings on the shows. Welcome back to season two, the second episode. Um, as always, and I say as always because we're doing so well so far. Let's take a break from the emotional roller coaster that is a million little things. I'm going to be introducing a new show this season, or at least one of the new shows for this season, and that is going to be Miracle Workers, season one. Very funny little show. This I came across this. Um, back end of last year, so 2022. Um, loved it because I thought the idea of seeing Daniel Radcliffe and Steve Buscemi, who were in it, on screen together was fascinating. And when I found out that that was actually going to be the third season, I knew I had to go back and watch it. And I'm glad that I did because it's an anthology series, which, as anyone listening knows, I like. So it was good to get into it. And I found the premises of each series quite funny. I do like something along the lines of a black adder that goes through different eras or different times and space. So I just found it really funny. So I wanted to talk about this because currently the fourth season is running and I've been doing it and I've been enjoying that too. So I wanted to give this a go and talk about it while it's still fresh in people's minds. But the first season Includes uh, Daniel Radcliffe as Craig Bog, Steve Buscemi as God, Geraldine Viswanathan as Eliza, Karen Sony as Sanjay, John Bass as Sam, Sasha Compare as Laura, and Lolly Adafope as Rose. So without further ado, I think we should get into it. Episode 1, Two Weeks. So we start with Steve Buscemi's character sat in front of a wall of TVs watching all the devastation that's going on in the world, like melting ice caps and people dying and just total devastation throughout the world. And then he flicks to one channel and sees that a NASCAR driver has won a race and dedicated it to God. And Steve Buscemi seems really pleased with himself. And then we realise that he is God. One of his assistants comes in and asks, are you ready for your meeting about how to end all pain? And just before he can get into the meeting, his other assistant runs in and ushers everyone out, saying that God's a busy man. And then he goes back to the TV screen and he sees this guy dedicating his win to God. And then the news flicks to, and yes, that's the last time we saw this guy alive He died later on in a car crash. So even on the positives, there's still a negative there. And then it looks up and it just sees a wall of screens talking about every bit of devastation currently in the world. And that's how we open. We start going through the Departments of Heaven and we see that the Department of Animals gets a budget cut. So they have to look into who they're going to call next. The Department of Constellations, who are showing how they came up with the name of the bear when it doesn't look like a fucking bear at all. Um, 
we then cut to Angela Kinsey, who was from the office, and she's talking to Eliza. And she's asking Eliza why she wants to leave the Department of Dirt. Dirt is a very steady department to be in and it's got a good pension. And you only have to work for X amount of years and you can retire. And Eliza says she wants to do some good. She wants to leave that department because she doesn't feel like she's getting anything out of it. She wants to help Earth. So she ends up getting transferred to the Department of Answered Prayers. To which Eliza replies, there's a Department of Answered Prayers? I wonder what that looks like, thinking it's going to be wondrous and incredible. And they cut to a dark and dingy basement where Daniel Radcliffe is. So Daniel's character, Craig, is all on his own in this department. And essentially he's just answering the easiest kind of prayers. So he'll get one and it'll be things like, help me find my keys. The way that he goes about it isn't that he can just zap the keys to the person and he can't break the laws of physics. So he has to slowly melt away snowflake by snowflake to help uncover where these keys are in the snow for this poor woman. And it's arduous and boring and you can just see Eliza's face going, what is this? And then he seems so excited with himself that he goes, and now that's completed, we can just hang it up on the wall. And he goes over to the wall, hangs it up, and she starts fiddling with his machine and goes, well, I found one, we'll just use this one. And there's a guy about to get eaten by a wolf. And he goes, nope, can't do that one. It's impossible. And says, but if anyone who can do it, it's going to be the big guy. So he sends it on up to God. When we go upstairs to God, we find out that he's having an existential crisis. People just don't believe in him as much anymore. And he hasn't been able to really do anything for anyone, really. It's quite a sad state of affairs. Seeing him as a broken down, washed up old man that just can't deal with the pressures that he's put on himself and he's not getting praised anymore he's not getting sacrifices to him anymore and it makes him feel crap because he doesn't feel that people need him or want him anymore and he says that if things don't start to pick up he's gonna have to start thinking about maybe starting all over again we then see back in the basement where Eliza is learning about this whole thing from Craig and how it's kind of a bleak situation. He says that he generally manages to help people maybe four, five times a day. But now that he's got an extra hand, he might be able to help someone maybe even six, seven times. It's at this point he gets an influx of new requests and when he goes outside... He sees billions and billions of pieces of paper falling and they're all wishes, they're all wants, they're all needs, they're all prayers. And he just can't do anything for all these people. And when it's pointed out that it's understaffed, he says, well, yeah, we didn't think that the population would get this high. So, <laughs> so he ends up, not being able to do anything. And Eliza decides that she's going to do something straight away. So 
While Craig's out of the room, she rushes onto the machine and starts to fiddle with it. A man is praying to God and asking him to help with the crops. And she thinks that it's something that she can do, something that she can help with. So she sends the rain, but instead of just sending rain, she ends up sending an absolute flood, which then means that more people are sending more things through, asking and begging to be saved. And Eliza realises that she has to go and speak to God. Only God can help with this. So she runs off to try and find where God's office is. Eliza makes it upstairs and she breaks into God's office and tells him that she's caused a flood and she needs his help. And he just looks like he's not interested anymore. And she tells him, look, you've got to do something. You've got to help these people. You've got to help Earth. And he just can't be bothered. But eventually she inspires him to get off his ass and do something. So he calls the whole company together and he tells them his plan, which is to blow up the earth. So essentially everyone is now out of jobs because the earth's coming to an end, so they're no longer needed. God is already starting on his next project, which is going to be apparently a massive lazy Susan in space where all the best chefs are on the island they cook food while people just float around them and grab at food that they think that they like. To which his assistant points out, but where? Because you're about to blow up the earth. And he just says, that's your department. I don't care. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's fucking nuts. We also see Craig talking about what's going to happen after his job ends and whether he could be relocated somewhere else to another galaxy or another universe and he's told just to enjoy the moment go and be with his friends but then you realize that he doesn't actually have any friends he's been in that basement for so long that the only thing he had going for him was granting those prayers and now he's got nothing god agrees with eliza's initial summation of how earth is and has taken it to the extreme but she tells him that she thinks it's worth it she thinks that it's worth a second go. And he tells her, look, you don't understand how hard it is to answer one of these impossible prayers. And she says, well, I'll tell you what, if I can answer one of those prayers, you'll allow the earth to be saved. And so far throughout the episode, God has seemed like a bit of a gambling man. So he takes her up on the bet. So she has two weeks to answer one of the impossible prayers to save earth. She goes back down to see Craig and tells Craig the plan. But Craig's in the middle of something and he's trying to help someone find their glove. But he gets annoyed with Eliza because he thinks she is not taking his job seriously. Just because it's a small thing to her doesn't mean that it's not small to him. It's important to him and he storms off. But when he comes back, he finds Eliza doing his job, trying to help this man find his glove. And eventually he does find it. Only to turn out to be someone who's going to go off and shoot people, but he finds the glove, so that's a good thing. And he then says to her, look, I'm going to help. So we'll start going through these impossible miracles. And they start going through it, and Eliza believes that she's found the one. The one miracle that they can probably do that will save the world. But it involves 
having two people fall in love, which Craig is like, we can't do this. This is impossible. And when it's suggested to him, even God's confident that they aren't going to do it. Episode 2, 13 Days. We start with God, and he is watching the Bill Maher show, where Bill is debating whether religion is a real thing. And of course, there's God. He is the literal embodiment of religion. So he's getting pissed off. Sanjay comes in and he says, look, is there a way to do that thing to Bill Maher? And Sanjay says, what, kill him? And he goes, yeah, that's a great idea. As if it's all on Sanjay that this is happening. So God is now planning to kill Bill Maher. (laughs) Which is just the sort of petty shit that shouldn't be coming from a deity. But, you know, in the past, throughout the Bible and all that kind of stuff, you've heard of stories where God or gods, depending on what religion you are, have essentially tortured and killed or had killed people who follow them, or in this case, people who deny them. So it's unfortunate for Bill Maher, isn't it? But Sanjay thinks that God's been a little bit extreme, but now he's been given the task to find a way to kill Bill Maher. In the basement, we see Craig and Eliza starting to put together a plan to bring Sam and Laura together so that they can save the Earth. And they're looking at the commonalities between them, and there seem to be quite a lot. seems to be a lot of common ground, and they think that this is a good match. But the problem is that they're both very shy, so they now need to find something that they could potentially do together that's something new for them, but it's something that would bring them together. And they settle on badminton, but you can see by Eliza's face that she thinks it's a bad idea. God, however, is still on this whole Kill Bill Maher thing. And when Sanjay suggests giving Bill a heart attack, God says, yeah, that's a good idea. Explode his heart or his lungs or maybe even his penis. And (laughs) then God gets it in his head that that's how he wants him to die. He wants Sanjay to make sure that Bill Maher dies from an exploding penis. And this is now what Sanjay is tasked with. Otherwise, he will have to suffer the wrath of God. So while trying to initiate his plan, it takes Craig six hours to get one shortcock to move and end up going through Laura's window. Now, they have 13 days and he's wasted just six hours just to get one little sign. And Laura thinks that this is taking too long. And she says, look, the subtle signs, people don't see them. People don't notice them. And she shows a cliff of... Abraham Lincoln, just before he goes into Ford's Theatre, where he has to cross the path of a black cat, and he sees crows outside the theatre, as if an omen of death. But he ignored it, went in, and we all know what happened. So she wants to engineer something different. She finds out that there's a hospital near both of them, and she thinks that if she can get them to the hospital at the same time, that will be a good idea, and that will be their meet-cute, so to speak. Problem with it is she looks like she's trying to kill them both by having one hit on the head with a watermelon and the other one have his appendix exploded. So, probably not the best idea. Sanjay, however, has gone to see the Department of Genitals because that's a thing. And while he's there, he has spoken to them and said, look, I want you to find a way to kill Bill Maher by exploding his penis. But this goes horribly wrong for him when 
Bill Maher wakes up the next day with a massive cock. And Bill Maher essentially says that God is as fake as my dick is huge. So Sanjay has to now come up with something different. And God is not happy. Craig ends up sabotaging the whole scheme by dropping the melon way too early. And after initially Eliza is really pissed off at him, they decide that it's a good idea for them to work together to make this happen. So they they orchestrate a whole scheme where these two go for some takeout. And while they're going, Sam diverts off course and starts going towards a pizza place. So Craig decides to use the explode <laughs> appendix button on this poor guy in the pizza place just so he'll turn off his sign, which he's currently touching, which happens. And it turns out that this guy is a community figure who gives to children every year and now will never walk again. <laughs> All to get these people to be together. And to be fair, it is for the greater good. It is to save Earth. But at the time, you're thinking, it's just to get this couple together and you've crippled a man. And then we have God's plan. Or in this case, Sanjay's plan to kill Bill Maher. And he goes to see the Department of Genitals and asks them what the hell went on. And they said, well, as the penis got bigger, we just found it to be more and more beautiful. So we decided that we weren't going to do it. We couldn't end something that was so beautiful. So Sanjay has to do it. And he has to use a pumping machine to continue to expand his penis so that it explodes. Which eventually happens, but Sanjay ends up in, like, traction because he has to physically pump the machine 50,000 times to have the penis explode. <laughs> I didn't think I'd say penis explode this much. But here we are. But God's ecstatic. He's chuffed to bits that Bill Maher has eventually died and Sanjay has done what he said he would do. Then God says, let's not forget that we were going to have a restaurant. So I've decided to let you taste all this gumbo for our restaurant. So Sanjay has little bowls of fucking gumbo there that he has to taste test for the Lazy Susan restaurant. And God just fucking walks out, proud as anything. At the end of the episode, we actually see that Laura is in a coffee shop. She's about to text Sam. And as she's doing so, Eliza and Craig are really proud of themselves for what they've done. They finally brought these two together. But there's always a spanner in the works. And next to Laura is a handsome man who she spills coffee all over. And they end up talking. And apparently it's a sign that they get to see each other. Episode 3, 12 days. So even though it's only been maybe even a couple of hours that these people have known each other, Laura and this guy Mason are getting on really well. And it seems to be a budding relationship between the two. But of course, that's not what Eliza and Craig need right now. So they have to get these two apart so that they can get back on track. But so far, the only plan has been to hammer the burst appendix button, which it seems that Mason has already had his appendix taken out. So they keep trying other things, including they send a rainstorm to make sure that these two part 
and don't see each other again. But as we all know from film, the only problem with doing that is that it's the Mr. Darcy effect or the Ryan Gosling in the notebook effect. They get wet and they get hotter. There's now an issue. And this guy, Mason's obviously saying all the right things as well. He's asking for permission for her to kiss him. And he's just being charming. And yeah, so they end up kissing. So of course, the plan isn't going well. Eliza and Craig start doing research on this Mason guy and find out that he's a conceptual artist who essentially tries to connect people through yarn. Well, that's the way it seems in his YouTube videos. So Eliza thinks that as soon as Laura sees this, she'll instantly be turned off by him because she'll hear the stuff that he's spouting and be like, nope, I'm done. But apparently she's seen the videos many times, but she watches them on mute. So it's literally just because she fancies him. So they're trying to rack their brains of how to get rid of him. And of course the obvious is murder. But before it goes to that, Craig wants to explore other options. At this point, we see Sanjay come down to the basement. And as he's walking around, he's got a film crew with him. And they're filming a documentary about his success and how he rose up from the Department of Miracles, where he and Craig used to work, to now being the executive of God. And it's here that it's revealed that. Sanjay was, of course, the more flashy of the two, whereas Craig likes to do little miracles, finding gloves or finding keys or whatever it is. Sanjay did big things, like the Apollo 13 mission and Captain Sully landing his plane where he did. So Eliza thinks that maybe it's time for them to actually get Sanjay on board with this to try and get Mason out of the picture. So Mason has a project that he's going to be doing in China But because it's going to take him away from Laura for the next six weeks, he decides to book her a flight as well. So now they're going to be out in China for six weeks. To combat this, Craig and Eliza end up flooding the airport that they're going to be flying into. So there's no way that they can actually get to China. All flights get cancelled out to that particular airport. It's here that Mason reveals that he sold all his goods and doesn't have a place to stay anymore. So just because she's a good person, Laura says, you can stay here. But he takes that as, we're moving in together. It's this that prompts Eliza to go and see Sanjay. Sanjay, however, is caught with this film crew that keep trying to get him, that keep trying to get shots of him while he's doing his work. The only problem is that his work now involves what he's doing for God, which isn't a lot. For instance... He shows God how to work a microwave when God works the microwave and then burns his hands on the food that he's got. He has to give him alternate food sources. And when that alternate food source ends up running through him, he ends up having to clean his toilet. So it just shows that Sanjay's work's pretty embarrassing for him as he wants to be shown as this rock star. But when Craig comes and asks for his help, he tries to show off. And because of this, it really annoys Craig. So he ends up showing Sanjay up for the person that he actually is, which pisses Eliza off. And she tells Craig that he's going to have to go and apologise. Sanjay tells them that he'll help them. And he does this by finding out that Mason is actually a trust fund baby. 
his dad is part of a big oil company and therefore has a lot of money behind him. So they decide to disgrace the oil company by exploding a tanker into an oil well. Unfortunately, that ends up obviously spilling a lot of oil in and around the Galapagos Islands. So, I mean, you might as well just fucking wreck the planet anyway, hadn't you? But they work together as a team. So Mason shows himself up. He shows himself as a spoiled little brat when he's bringing his dad and telling his dad that he's a bitch because he's had his money cut off. The team celebrate because they've had a win and now Laura doesn't fancy Mason at all. She goes home and she texts Sam straight away. It's because of this that Sanjay thinks that he can do better work where he is now than going back up to be with God. So he asks if he can stay down there, but Craig isn't happy about it. God, however, finds Mason's channel on YouTube and thinks to himself that Mason actually gets what he's trying to do. And it just makes you laugh because throughout the whole episode, you're just thinking, God, this guy's full of shit. And actually, God likes his style. So there you go. Episode four, six days. Sanjay is now permanently working downstairs and he's coming up with ideas of how to get Laura and Sam together. And one of the ideas he comes up with straight away is get them invited to a party. But before this, but before this, Eliza, Craig and Sanjay are all discussing the past lives that they had back on Earth. Sanjay was a royal prince. Eliza was a warrior woman. But poor Craig was just a caveman who was tasked with living by a bog to save the village he lived in from a bog monster. And he feels like he's already being cast out of the group and not being allowed to work on the project to save Earth. And now he's starting to feel like he did back then, that he's just worthless. And the only thing that Eliza and Sanjay seem any good for is just making coffee for them. God, however, is bored. He's trying to get hold of Sanjay, but Sanjay isn't around. So he's asked Rosie to start talking to him. But Rosie just doesn't want to have anything to do with it. So she decides to tell him, maybe get a prophet. He used to enjoy going down and talking to the prophets. And he said, yeah, but they always got obsessed with me and built churches. So Rosie says, there's only six days left. You can get a prophet and they'll be gone in six days. They won't even have time to be obsessed with you and build a church in your honour, etc. So he decides to go on profit match, as in there's an app for profits like Tinder, and he goes on there and he finds his perfect match. And then he has to go and speak to this guy and obviously scares the shit out of him. Because God's driving her crazy, Rosie goes downstairs and asks if Sanjay can come back because he's needed upstairs. But Sanjay tells her no. So Craig steps in because he knows he'll be more use upstairs than he is down. So he becomes God's assistant. But because the prophet that God has started speaking to, Dave Shelby, isn't really complying with what God wants, he decides to test him a bit like he did with Job. And he wrecks his house with a localised tornado literally onto his house. And that's it. Nowhere else gets affected. So poor Dave has no option but to speak to God and ask him to stop this madness. And he tells him he doesn't want to be a prophet. He just wants to live his life. He's got a lot going on. And it's not fair for him 
to ruin their friendship the way that he is doing. He just wants to be friends with God. And so God understands and talks about rejection and how sometimes you've just got to deal with it, which begins to strike a note with which begins to strike a note with Craig because at the party that Laura and Sam are at, they've ended up getting too drunk because of the intervention that Eliza and Sanjay had by spiking the punch. And they now can barely form sentences and things are getting a little bit out of hand. So they feel that they need someone cautious, like Craig, to come back and fix things. But Craig rejected it at first, until God's speech about forgiving people who reject you. So before he goes back downstairs, God tells Craig to kill Dave Shelby. But instead, Craig just sabotages the equipment and runs back to Eliza and Sanjay and the project of saving the Earth. Craig comes back and he saves the day. He essentially causes an accident at the party, which means it has to get cancelled and also sets off the sprinklers in the apartment so that they get a cold shower. So it sort of sobers them up. When they go outside and they start talking about what's going on, they decide to go on a date on Friday, which is good because it's in the time frame that they need to be in. But it's bad and it takes them closer to the end date, which is now six days. But they feel like they're going in the right direction. As Sam is talking to his nana and telling her how much he can't wait for this date on Friday, Elijah, Craig and Sanjay are excited because they could actually pull this off. Barring any real problems that could come up, it's at this point that an alarm starts going off above Nana's head. And they realise that Nana only has three hours to live, which is going to absolutely devastate Sam. As I said at the beginning, like... The thought of Daniel Radcliffe and Steve Buscemi just brought me joy. I don't know why, but when I saw that they were doing Series 3, and I saw that it was about the Oregon Trail, I was like, this sounds so cool. And then I realised that it was two years on from the first series. So I knew I had to watch it, just to make sure that I caught up with everything before I watched the third series. And then when I did, I didn't regret it. Like, this show brings me so much joy. It's so stupid. Um, like, and the other thing is, I, I, I was brought up with a religious background. Um, went to Catholic schools. Not so much a religious family, but I've always had it instilled in me that, you know, God's always watching and that he, he looks after his people and just things like that. Just that, yeah, he is an entity that will be there for you when you need him the most. And look, if you're spiritual, fine, good, love it. But I'm not. I'm really not. Um, And in fairness, if I was, this show is how I think God could possibly be. That he was doing well up to a certain point, and then he just wasn't. He dropped the ball and got a little bit too big for his own boots. Like, I loved the concept. I loved the acting. I thought Geraldine Viswanathan is just fucking brilliant. I 
not seen her before and since then I've seen her in a couple of other things and I think she is fantastic. Um, John Bass, who is in the third season of um, The Newsroom and is also in She-Hulk in the MCU, I thought, what a slimy dickhead when I first saw him in The Newsroom and I didn't like the character that he portrayed in there. But now I see him in these kind of roles and like I say She-Hulk where he's a bit of a dick as well but I like him I just he's got such a good personality and I enjoy the character that he's been playing in this and the characters that he plays throughout the series so I just think the cast's brilliant Lolly Adifope just just give her more and more roles the woman's fantastic. My first introduction to her was Taskmaster, and then I watched her in things like Ghosts from the UK, which is now an American series as well. And she's got a very sort of dry sense of humour, and I like—I just like the way that she is, the way she puts things together. So yeah, I really enjoy the series, and I'm pleased that I found it. I'm pleased that I started watching it, and I hope you are watching along with me. Well, that's all for now, amigos. If you managed to make it to the end of my ramblings, thank you. And if you want to rate, share, subscribe, comment, it's all appreciated. Until next time.